Greetings and welcome back to Qualified Nonsense. Here at Qualified Nonsense, we tackle the tough questions that you send in with our sage and charming and sound advice. Is it better to be respected or liked? Foyer or foyer? Does the brown note truly exist? Stick around to find out our thoughts on these questions and more. I'm Jake. I'm Brandon. And I'm Matt. And this is Qualified Nonsense. Qualified Nonsense was created by childhood best friends that didn't want to lose their long-lasting friendship. So we decided to create a podcast doing what we do best, giving you our quote-unquote professional advice on real-world problems and curiosities. In all reality, we hope to connect with you, the listener, and deepen our friendship all around. So let's get to it. Why don't we continue to get to know each other and say a fun fact about ourselves. Uh, Jake, you want to go first? Oh, thank you, Brandon. I would love to. I can play the ukulele. <clears throat> Don't hit the brown note. Show me the way to go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. Had a little drink about an hour ago and it's gone straight to my head. Wherever I may roam, by land or sea or foam, you can always hear me singing this song. Show me the way to go home. Oh, that is my fun fact. Take it on the road. Hopefully, that's that's uh, not a copyrighted song. <laughs> I don't think it is. It's old. Well done, uh, Matt. How about just you? spilled another drink? No joke. Oh, Jesus Christ! This is number two. <sighs> you got a straw from the last one. Uh, if you're just joining us, Jake spilled a drink on his keyboard before we started recording, and apparently like did not learn his before, lessons. M- moments before the record button was hit. I just put, I just dumped out my, my tea on my keyboard. He wanted to stall to get one more practice in of that beautiful, uh, serenade. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> my, uh, my fun fact is not as interesting and uh, I don't really got much to show up, Jake. Um, mine's just sad, I guess at this point, my Jeez. first, <laughs> my first kiss. <laughs> 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 Came, uh, came by the way of an adult telling us that we had to, um, for a red uh-huh. coat in high school. My, my, oh, like oh, my oh. first official kiss was in, uh, drama of high school. And we did this scene in, uh, our drama classes called red coat. And it was learning how to practice a stage kiss. And that was the first time I kissed a girl. And there's a deeper, there's a deeper, uh, Nicole. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't put her whole name out there. Uh, her name is Ooh. Nicole. <laughs> N- Nicole. We we all know who Nicole is. Um, and it was like, well, there's a deeper story that which isn't really like a fun fact, but it was one of those Romance like we had was in the air. Well, no, we, we like we had like a little joking like crush on each other. Yeah, like, I remember. Uh, playful, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, the, Mr. Harris, our teacher, was going through and pairing everybody up. That was his job, and he did everybody before it got to us so he was just like narrowing it down and seeing the anticipation like he enjoyed it oh yeah the, his his little <laughs> grin that he got yeah. when when he knew he was up to no good yeah, yeah, oh right I yeah know. his little yeah, shit-eating yeah. grin and we're just yeah, like exactly. his face. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he uh yeah he played that one out so that's my fun fact my first kiss was in high school and it wasn't it wasn't because anybody really wanted to it's because it was assigned homework <laughs> 
Brandon? Very good. Uh, I'll do a high school one as well. I played football in freshman and sophomore years of high school. I didn't know that you played in sophomore also for some reason. Yep. I don't know why. JV. I didn't know that. Let's go. Yeah. Nice. What was your position? Bench warmer. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, uh, well, what, was I mean, your, what do you what? think? I, I was a, a lineman. I played uh, right guard and uh, I think right tackle as well defensively. So. What was your favorite position that you played? I see where this is going. Tight end, got it. I'm not going to bite. (laughs) (laughs) Those are fun facts. Why don't we take a quick little break for Jake to mop up his uh, workstation there? (laughs) You, You don't know me. And welcome back. If you'd like your question, comment, or suggestion possibly right on the show, drop us a line at qualifiednonsense at gmail.com or write us uh, write to us on our socials. Our first question of the day comes from Lisa. Lisa writes, A co-worker recently revealed their pay to me. She is someone I would consider a friend, but she revealed that she makes significantly more money Uh, more money than I do while having a similar job title and while having worked there for a shorter amount of time. I feel that I am fairly compensated, but it's hard to not feel resentful toward both both my co-worker friend and my employer. In addition to resentment, I feel undervalued by my employer. I've asked for raises in the past only to be told that they are not in the budget. Is there a different tactic I should be taking or should I start looking for other employment? Lisa, that sounds chate, and I'm sorry about that. However, <clears throat> I think that the this presents a, a really great opportunity for you um, to exercise your your business self and um, get yourself out there more, uh, both with whether that's with your existing employer or a new employer. Um, from the get go, I think that all pay should be transparent. And I think that justifications should go with those pay. Um, I've thought about that a lot at my own position. Um, we haven't talked about it, the three of us, so I'm interested to hear what these guys have to say, but I think it's great that people share what they make, how much and why, and let it be the employer's, um, put the onus on the employer to justify however much you or anyone else gets paid. Um, and that way employers are held more accountable for, uh, shenanigans that we all know occur. Um, so with that said, I would, I would make sure that it's known, um, and it's not against the law or anything like that, uh, to share pay information. So you should make sure that your management and their management know that, you know, that you're being actively underpaid and undervalued let them put the onus on them to justify why you're not getting paid as much as this other person and then uh and then get out there and and find a new job and use that as leverage say if you want to keep me if you want to you know show me that you need me by paying me more or i'm going to go find another position even if it's an equal play like even if you're not getting a huge step up somewhere else um it's important to show that you can and that you're willing to um, that is my opinion. 
I'm interested to hear what these guys have to say. I think there's a there's a couple there's at least one variable um, that that may have been left out, and I don't know if you Lisa talked to with your coworker about this, but uh, being that she has worked there less than you, um, she may have negotiated within her initial contract or her offer letter that that's what she was going to start at, and she's being progressively increased as much as you, um, but she started at a higher wage, and I think that's absolutely on the employees uh back to justify your own worth that's up to you if you if you're if you're not happy with you know your offer go back and get into contract negotiations with them if they're not willing to do that then that gives you your answer um i am of the little old school mentality um and you know i do know and have worked for employers that put within the code of conduct that you don't discuss pay with other employees I don't, I, I personally feel it's unprofessional to be talking with that, especially in the workplace, but even out of the workplace. Um, if your personal friends, that can cause a bunch of tensions. So, uh, if that did get brought up, um, I would not, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily on the onus of the employer to, it, it's not their responsibility to pay you for your worth. It's up to you as an employee to justify your worth. That's just my personal opinion of it. So if you feel like you are deserving, then you need to have that plotted out to your employer because they are the ones paying your paycheck. It's not up to them to make you just equal with everybody else just because. But that's just me. And I mean, I I tend to agree more with Jake. I, I do think, um, I mean, there, there's, I think pay should be more openly discussed at work because that's, that's the main reason why people are there. You wouldn't go to a job if you're not making any money. And like there, there's a reason why employers don't want employees to talk about pay. And it will reveal, as you can see, how unevenly people are compensated. Um, and it does lead to disgruntled employees, which they don't want. So I think you should unionize. Uh, but uh, <laughs> short of that, I... Uh, I think, you know, you, you may want to look somewhere else uh, if where you do feel like you're valued, um, especially if your current employer is giving you the brush off every time you bring up pay. Um, I mean, obviously, they do have the money to pay people more unless unless your friend is just lying. You know, that that's a distinct possibility. So uh, but there are other factors. Maybe your friend uh, has more schooling and education maybe they have a deeper resume maybe you know i I know um uh probably not super recently but during the pandemic a lot of employers were offering higher starting pay so there's that um you know there are a number of variables there but if, if you do feel like she's telling you the truth or she did show you her paycheck or something then that that's a different story. Um, I, I do. I I know how frustrating it is to to hear from your employer that they're you know doing really well, making record profits, and then suddenly act like they have to have a garage sale to pay the rent when an employee asks for their fair share of those profits. So, I would maybe maybe talk with other people see that that are kind of started around the same time as you and if you do truly like your job if not it might be time to find somewhere else to go 
Well, it, it is a, it's a it's a relatively nuclear option to go in and say, if you don't pay me this, then I'm going to go look for another job because that employer retains the right to be like, all right, then go. And they already don't want to pay you more. So I wouldn't say outwardly express it to your employer that you're just going to blatantly look for another job. Say, hey, this is what I need to continue. Um, and I do know that there's other people working here that are of this range or this bracket. Uh, what do I need to do to get there? To go in and actually say, I deserve this because this other person got it is not going to, that's, that's never going to work. That's never going to work just because they have the same job title. Again. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that for sure. <clears throat> I, I mean, that, yeah, there's, your employer has already demonstrated that they have the ability and capacity to bring in people at, at different pay grades. And that's fine. Um, I, I applaud people for going to bat for themselves. And if your friend went to bat for herself and said, Hey, I'm going to accept this job and I want to come in at this and the employer caved to it. Cool. I don't know. Lisa, did, did you accept your job and did you negotiate your pay outright or did you just accept the offer? Because there's, there are those kind of things that, that, that do exist and, and variables to each position. I know for a fact, I worked with people that made more and less than me because they've done two of those options. They've either gone back to the employer and said, thank you for the offer, but I need to make this. And they'll look at your skill sets. They'll look at your qualifications. They'll look how you interviewed and say, awesome. Okay. Or you just need a job that bad and you accept it. And they're like, sweet. You can take it. Of course they're going to lowball you. After all, negotiations make strange bedfellows. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Burns, but I don't go in for these backdoor shenanigans. Sure, I'm flattered, maybe even a little curious, but the answer is no. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. From my perspective, the uh, a couple of things: one, an employer is going to pay as little as possible for your work. Um, I, I think that's just a sort of blanket statement. Like, yes, you can go to bat for yourself, and you can be strategic in the way you negotiate. Um, <clears throat> but that in itself, um, it's going to be, it's going to like depend on who you're talking to. Like if you get in the right room with the right people. Um, and a lot of that, I, I think comes with, um, comes from a place of, um, I'm going to say a lot of privilege, I guess, but like, yeah, if you are hard up for a job, you are going to take something or rather if you don't have the financial resources to be able to say, um, I'm worth more than that and I'm not going to take less than X amount. You already have um, a safety net of some sort, which good on you. You shouldn't be punished for that for sure. But on the other side, I think that, um, you know, you know, people who don't have a pay, uh, safety net are ultimately going to be, you know, with that in mind, w with that sort of idea in mind, if you don't have a safety net, <clears throat> then you're going to generally take less pay and I don't have any data to back this up, but, um, but logically I think that would make sense. So by and large people who enter and exit an interview process with a job, the people who have a safety net and who are already financially resourced will get higher paying jobs, which sort of perpetuates a weird you know, a weird thing. The, the, the other thing that I had thought of while we were talking was, um, businesses have like full, well, certainly big businesses, but even smaller businesses have full organizations or they have the resources to outsource to an organization that has, um, uh, has a lot of resources to be able to look at 
other companies and other pay ranges for specific titles. And a lot of these resources are only available to people who can pay or, um, or like businesses, like it's a resource for a business. So Matt, Brandon, myself, we can't individually go and visit that resource and look at, um, you know, like statewide data or district data, uh, on what you should be paid. So like, it takes a lot of research. And although I think that is, um, up to the individual to try and do as best research as you can, uh, again, that points to being able to have the resources to be able to perform that research, to set yourself up in the right way. So I, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to say like everyone should start at X amount every time so that it's equal because that doesn't really make sense. That's a little too socialist, but um, I do think that there's, there's more to give from the employer uh, when, when getting people set up for, you know, for like, like new employees and like continuing to treat people fairly um, while they're, while they're employed. I do, uh, I guess I do disagree a little bit with the, uh, the statement of if you're from a financial, if you have a financial safety net that you have the, you have the ability to turn down a job. Uh, I, I personally think it's more from an experience perspective. When I took my first professional job, it was in an office. I did start at the bottom and I did take the first thing, but I entered a mentorship with my direct reports and they had the coaching available the minute I got that job to say, all right, let's say that you want to go up through a succession succession process. This is how you interview. This is how you negotiate salary. This is how you, you know, any, anything and in between. So I think it's a little bit of, uh, depending on what, level you're if it's an entry level position you may not have the experience to negotiate mm -hmm. but sure i mean because you're not gonna hire a senior level executive and have them just accept the first thing there's going to be a negotiation period of all right is this going to work for you ah this might not work for me this might but this might not you know there, there's you go through everything with a fine-tooth comb but when you're having your first experience, you don't really know what to do. So I don't know if it's necessarily a safety net as so much of it as an experience. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think both can contribute and, and even though experience is going to uh, obviously help a lot in those situations, someone who's, someone who's leaving a job with a senior director level role into another job, they have, they likely have the financial resources leaving that job. They got a severance package they got uh they had been making money so if they were responsible with their money in some way they've got time to move from one job to the next yeah and then there's also it's i feel like it's always subjective but the doe is always ever present depending on experience right so if your friend came in and she has less experience in this job but she has maybe come from a different company perhaps she has more experience than you overall. Well, and, and actually that's my point about the employers, like put the onus on the employers. I think they've got whole, you know, you've, you've essentially got whole organizations within a, within a company dedicated to finding people and, and spidering out and collecting information to, in order to best hire, not only the best people, but do it in a responsible way. That's financially responsible towards the company. The, um, 
like, I think they should also, you know, be responsible for saying what the range is at the company. And, uh, because they have the research, they have it available to them. They say this, I think all companies should say you are, you are, your pay while you're in this position is from X amount to X amount. And it, and if you, if you travel anywhere in there, that's a that's like deemed appropriate. That's um, actually something that was just signed into law in California. They just passed a law and the governor signed it where any company over 15 employees has to post the salary range for all job listings. Yeah. I mean, I so, think that's the, honestly, I think that's the bare minimum that, that companies it, yeah. should be required to do because, because otherwise they're actively taking advantage of people that, that are either naive enough or financially strapped enough to, to say yes to whatever comes their way. Yeah. And that's I, just fucked yeah, up. Definitely agree. Me, I worked for, I worked for an organization that had exempt employees that were numbered zero through 12 and then non-exempt were lettered. And it's like, that's your range. You, you should know that if you're at a through D that this should be your range. It's like, that's really frustrating because yeah. you could be an employee. Well, where there where for, I work, for, we do have pay grades, but they don't disclose what the the amounts are within each grade and they say there's a lot of overlap between them and things like that but yeah it's kind that of is, that is very frustrating and anyway like, so lisa, what lisa, you should yeah, what you should lisa. do lisa oh hey lisa i didn't see you there <laughs> you walk in with a can of gas and a match guess what motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> and, and you say pay me bitch uh, actually, real quick, to, to, yeah, uh, no, <laughs> always, always start with kidnapping. I, I always think that you start high, start kidnapping. Um, no, I mean, I think um, something that we had mentioned early on was, you know, you don't want to go in guns blazing because you want to keep your job and they can, they can, you know, certain states, uh, they can just be like, cool, bye. Um, and we don't want that for you. But I do think that um, if you make your position clear not that you're not that you're um, willing to leave like that can be left unsaid. Um, but that but that this is, you know, this is what you um, think that you deserve, um, whether it's a raise or whether it's a specific dollar amount that happens to match your <laughs> your buddy's pay. Um, but I, I think it's important to bat for yourself. And I think you should start looking. I, well, OK, on a totally separate note, I think everyone should always be looking for the next job. I don't do this for myself, but I think that um, it's important to not become complacent. I have become complacent on a number of my positions because I've had like a slow ladder that I've been climbing. Um, and that's, you know, that has its benefits, I guess. There's security in that. But I think you should always be on the lookout for the next gig because, um, because like in the, in the two thousands, like, I don't know the, 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 the millennials and the Gen Zers and stuff, they love switching jobs. And, uh, and I've talked to a lot of recruiters in big companies that are attracted to people who bounce around, um, because they think it's sort of like this, um, this like, uh, I can change you sort of mentality. They're like, oh yeah, but we want to keep this person because they're really good because they've been actively seeking out new employment, but we're going to keep this person and keep them in our, under our umbrella, um, which is kind of weird, but it is a, it is a point of attraction that I've heard about. Um, so, so it's a good exercise to get yourself out there anyway. And if you find something better, uh, 
you know, say, say to your current employer that you've got a great offer and, and you'd love to stay where you are if you do want to stay where you are and, and play that game, play the game. They're playing You know what? They're playing a game. You got to play the game too. It's always and better it's, to, it's, it's always better to use a position that is being offered as leverage because I've always found personally, I have experienced the best career growth when I wasn't really actively looking. Of course I was looking because I applied and I interviewed and I went through the whole process, but I was like, I'm just going to see what's out there. Those positions that I obtained were usually better for me because I wasn't as stressed. I didn't necessarily need it, but I was, I was frankly frustrated enough in my own role at the time. I was like, well, I am going to go out there and see what, what else is on the other side, see if the grass is always greener. And it, to, to go back to your recruiter comment, Jake, I actually did do that. I left the bank for one year and at, at the bank, there was like this underlying phrase that everybody said, in order to make more money, you have to leave and come back. So oh, I left, yeah. I left for one year and then I got recruited to come back. And when they offered me my letter, I was just like, holy shit, you know, yeah. I, I guess this is true. And it wasn't like I was doing anything drastically different. I was in a different yeah. department, uh, had more responsibilities, higher lending limits. But it, like at the end of the day, it's it was relatively the same role. And it was like, geez. Which brings up an important point. It's best not to burn bridges if you don't have to. I did and, with the bank. Uh, well, unless I threw unless my... you're into, unless <laughs> you're into throw... burning bridges, in which case go, go wild. I did throw my key card oh. down when I left the bank. I was like, fuck you guys. And I left. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I do think at the very least, um, you know, you, like you should keep an updated resume. Just yeah, uh, you should. I, th- I think Jake has uh, Jake has written himself some homework for next week's episode. Because you got to practice. <laughs> you got to practice. You got to practice what you preach on this. I no, that's right. I'll, I'll um, uh, for my fun fact, I'll um, what should I do? I, I'll I'll read my resume. I'll I'll uh, I'll <laughs> do a mock interview. That'll be grueling (laughs) i I was just thinking though um to to, uh, about lisa's question and were you lisa happier and content at your job before you knew this information and money ruins everything money's weird dude it does that (laughs) it does that because maybe with jobs it does it you were making enough to be happy you you know like what you do but then all of a sudden you're like, well, somebody's, you know, getting more than I am for the same work, you know? And I, I think that kind of, this is probably like making stuff. it too dramatic, but what's the, what's the philosopher? Is it, uh, forgive me, but the, the, the philosopher about the shadows on the wall and, and if you only facing towards the shadows and you're like, wow, those shadows are nice. And then you realize that there's something making the shadows of full color and dimension. And once you know about that, it's like, that's an Aristotle thing or something. Ah, forgive me for bringing it up in the first place. Cause now I just sound like an oaf, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, you're fine until you realize you're getting fucked by um, an entity that's supposed to be. Brandon's point is, were you really being screwed over or, do you now think that you are because somebody is now getting more than you and you, I forgive me, Lisa, I'm not suggesting you have entitlement to it, but like, are you now suggesting, Oh, I, I deserve more. Cause I've been here longer, which doesn't always, that, that, that definitely does not translate to your ability to your, the justification of you getting more money does not the, the, the fact that you've been at the company longer. Um, but it, it's always saying, Oh, you have this. I need that. 
right? So Brandon's question was yeah. like, were you, were you happy and content before you knew that information? Yeah, but but the same can be said. But the same can be said for. I mean, I, I don't. You know, I don't want to take it like in a super dramatic way. But like any at any point in your life, if you're if you think, oh, things are fine. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm doing fine. I'm doing well. I'm doing well at my work. I like my work. You're at Thanksgiving. You tell everybody that you like your work, and then like the next day, you find out that like maybe not just one person. Maybe everybody's making more than Lisa is. And maybe it's just because she hasn't asked for more. Um, but I think it, I think it, she, she is entitled to a, a certain, at least, a, at least, a, you know, if they're, if they're getting the same work out of someone else uh, and, and they're secretly snickering because they're saving $10,000 on Lisa, like that's fucked up. That's fucked up. And and, oh, and who cares if she was and and, and who and who cares if she was, who cares if she was you know um, like feeling entitled to it. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm now I'm emotional. Well, Lisa, <laughs> I think we covered. Is there different tactics? I should be. I should yeah, be no, taking, or should I start looking for other employment? So the the root of it, you should always be looking. Keep your eye out. Yep. Get on. Get on. Indeed. Get on ZipRecruiter. Whatever. Um, you know, go look at schools if you're not uh, if you're not happy or content or maybe this pissed you off enough that you don't think you're going to get what you want out of the industry you work in right now is actually a job seekers market you could go do anything just listen to our previous episode about imposter syndrome um, the mm-hmm. <laughs> the other is uh, I've been asking for raise in the past and they've been told they're not in the budget uh I guess you should always be receiving a cost of living raise. And if you're not receiving that, then that's pretty telling. Uh, but if you're asking, if you're looking for performance and they're not willing to give that, then you should be asking what it is in my performance that doesn't merit a raise. That's my two cents. I worked with a guy who I, I wouldn't necessarily uh, recommend this cause he was kind of a dickhead, but he would oftentimes uh, go to meetings with a list of things that he does and uh i mean it was it was hostile but he'd go to um he'd 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 say like here's what my colleagues are doing here's what i'm doing um and especially if it was more than what his colleagues were doing he's like here are the extra things that i'm doing what would you like me to stop doing and uh he's like he's like i can stop doing this because i if i'm not getting paid more for this this is extra stuff but if you're not willing to pay or find it in the budget then then i'm going to go ahead and stop doing this because this isn't i'm not getting paid for this so there's um, things like as an employer myself, I, there's things in there that I like about that. And there's things that I don't really? like about that. So he's take he's taken it too far of. Sure. So you should, first of all, you don't do that in a meeting setting with your other employees, your other colleagues. No, 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 no. You call, it's, you ask for a meeting. If you know, let's say you're on a six month schedule, you call a meeting every, every three months. Right. And you say, this is what I'm doing. And then you don't come to them and say, now, what do you want me to stop doing if you're not going to pay me for this? First of all, they never asked you to do it. You're trying to show that you're going above and beyond, which is admirable. But now you're making it hostile by saying, I'm going to stop doing this if you don't. Like you're holding you're holding your job responsibilities and your extracurricular activities to that host, like hostage. That's a I mean, that's an immediate. All right, get the fuck out of here. But I do like the fact that you keep track of what you're doing. You keep track of the extra things that you're doing and you go to bat for yourself. Would you like me to keep doing these? Because I can keep doing them. But here's what I would like out of that because I've been doing those. 
it's fine if you're not, if, you know, it's fine if you're, you know, as the employer, you're not in a position to, and you're like, you know what, actually, Hey, you know, Jake, we're not, we're not in a position right now to give you a raise for that. And to be honest, we never asked you to do it. We appreciate it. And it's been documented, but we're not going to give it. You feel free to continue it or not, but we're not going to be paying you for it. Or you are going to get rewarded for doing that. You have to be prepared for both. Where I work, we do kind of a less aggressive version of that where uh, mid-year and end of year, we have to fill out like, you know, here's these competencies, here's, you know, all these different categories and we have to rate and write, you know, do like write-ups and score ourselves basically and then kind of write up our accomplishments from the past six months, from the past year things like that. And then we go over that with our bosses and then they determine our bonus and raises based on all of that. So you ever given yourself a one star? Uh, no, no. Has anybody, do you know of anybody that's like really talked down on themselves in those? Uh, I'm just curious. Cause I've, I've had to do them myself and I was like, I try to be pretty objective about it, but I'm curious. Everybody's like, no, I mean, I was I'm, really, I'm I was pretty, pretty honest, but I, I don't, I don't think I, merit a one star for anything and chances are if you are meriting a one star you're not gonna be you're there that's telling of other aspects of your personality that would probably indicate that you're not gonna throw a one on there brandon covers it colors in the 11th star and marks a yeah (laughs) draws his own star excellent plus one six now, do you want me to keep doing this work or do you want me to stop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. Lisa. Lisa, hopefully, good luck. Uh, hopefully you glean something from that. I'd be curious. Uh, send us some jobs. Go interview. And you know what? It's always good practice to be keep on top of yeah. your interview skills, even if you don't yep. get the job. Yep. And it'll give you a power trip to say no to an employer. If you come to find out, they're going to offer you less. It's always great to say, mm-hmm. no. Nah, I'm actually good where I'm at, but you but you have to say it like ew no, I mean <laughs> yeah. ew, ooh no I'm gonna go ahead and say where I am no weirdo. or just be like who the fuck do you no, think weirdo. you are <laughs> <laughs> how'd you get this number <laughs> I have a boyfriend jeez you're so thirsty <laughs> could you <laughs> <laughs> I like that <laughs> all right question two comes from David David writes. In a previous episode, Jake mentioned being a good bartender growing up. What are some good What are some good cocktails for someone uh, someone like me who enjoys the occasional drink but doesn't like the taste of alcohol? Well, I would first challenge your uh, not liking taste of alcohol because a lot of different alcohols taste very different, and I find that I have a particular few that I enjoy and a particular few that I loathe. Um, and they're all, they're all like hard alcohols that they either sit nicely with me or not. So, um, I would first do a little exploration, like, like, like inner searching, except for with alcohol. So outer searching, some taste Um, blue and some taste purple. Start with (laughs) Malort. Yeah. And then if you guys start with that, Oh yeah. What's Malort? Malort is disgusting. It's a liqueur from Chicago. Uh, (laughs) That's that's really yeah. That's the only (laughs) context you need. Nice. I I actually have a bottle of it that I brought back from Chicago last time I was (laughs) there. That's cool. There's a reason why it's not gone yet. It's still pretty much full. (laughs) (laughs) But um, start with Wild Irish Rose and go to Mad Dog. (laughs) 
Colt 45. Uh, I mean, I, I would think that, you know, you would probably want to go with cocktails that kind of lean more sour or sweet or both. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, you know, yeah like, that's true. Like things like sours, like whiskey sour, tequila sour. Uh, my wife really likes amaretto sours, which are sweet and sour. Um, you know, things like margaritas, pina coladas, screwdrivers tequila sunrises we were talking about zombies the other night that are often so um a lot of um so so as far as like a class of um drinks oftentimes uh help me out here guys if you see something that i say that's dumb but um um rum drinks generally are designed to be masked by whatever they're with um so you'll oftentimes find things like zombies or pina, col- pina coladas are with rum, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like big, <clears throat> big sort of robust flavors around rum drinks. So your zombies, your pina coladas, um, your Cuba Libre, Cuba Libre. <laughs> um, your painkillers, your painkillers. Um, so I'm going to, so I'm going to, yeah. Go ahead. I'll give you a fun fact. Karen and I uh, just celebrated our wedding anniversary in Astoria, and there's a new tiki bar that opened up there. Mm. And uh, I had, I was so drunk. I was so, oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's, well, I would also not, I would suggest not going down the tiki route first because when you're looking at them and they're like, oh, this one only has four ounces of alcohol in it. That's a, that's a fuck ton of alcohol to be starting with. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize how vast the world of rum is and how well it's being made on in so many different countries and continents. Like they're the Puerto Rico rum, the not just Jamaican, uh, like Russia even makes a rum that apparently is good. Then they're barrel aging rum in like bourbon barrels. Now um, the, the rum in, thing was quite interesting, uh, but to answer the other night that said that, 70% of the rum produced in the world comes from Puerto Rico. Yeah. And apparently they're making it really well and winning tons of awards left and right. Um, but to answer your question, David, I would go down the clear tasteless alcohol first and start easing into it with like uh, vodka crayon because you're not going to really taste the vodka. It's going to be mostly be crayon or like well whiskey ginger because ginger beer is very strong and it covers up the whiskey. So it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go just the kiss mentality. Keep it simple. Don't go mixing up a bunch of stuff and try to mask the flavor as much as you can to begin with, but you still get a little bit of, Oh, that's what it is. Or you could go like, like liqueurs are usually sweeter. You could go with like liqueur based, cocktails like a grasshopper or or like Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. slow gin fizz or whatever you know something like that there's a lot of hangovers yeah i mean you don't want to you don't like with the uh, what's the the brand of the the pucker or whatever (laughs) oh i don't don't know it's like bottom shelf but oh Uh -oh. you you had me at bottom shelf (laughs) i'll be there (laughs) like the Uh, hrds or no, it's like the like the liqueurs that are. It's like pucker. Oh, I know what you. Like yeah, that. like uh, they look like, like they're made for all kids. the colors of the rainbow. You know? Yeah, um, it, looks, also, it looks the same coming up. You know, I would also <laughs> check out um, like what Brian was saying. Um, liqueurs um, 
in oftentimes in um, Europe and Eastern Europe, they've got a lot of different versions of brandies um, that they have different names for, but um, but they're oftentimes um, a very fruity overtone. So even though they, they are quite potent by themselves, they're meant to be sort of gingerly sipped. Um, and that's kind of fun to do. Um, and it's also, you get a chance to experience the alcohol without being under the pressure of like, of like, it, like it's, it's like, it's different than going out and drinking. I would say, um, oftentimes they're used as, um, digestives or aperitives. Um, uh, and, and that just means to, to stimulate the appetite, the, or, or to help digest, um, after eating, but you've got things like Sambuco and, uh, uh, Fernet, Uzo, Fernet. Yeah. Or Fernet. How do you say it? Uh, David probably wouldn't enjoy the herbally sort of. Yeah, that might be. A well, strong... I don't know. No, I don't know because, like, you know, for instance, uh, and maybe this is just taste. Just but, like start um, slamming asabuco or whatever. No, I don't think you know that. <laughs> no, I said it's different than going out drinking. You don't want to be like, give me a pint of sambuco, <laughs> a um, pint of uzo. Yeah. <laughs> uzo, that's it. Um, yeah, uzo is yeah. Yeah, good. Um, uh, a pint with a you know the, when they float a coffee bean on there but it's in a pint glass with a little coffee bean watch david go into a bar he's like i'm supposed to have something to sip and he gets like a like heavily peated scotch it's like these guys are fucking idiots uh, well so here's the thing i mean you you mentioned uh matt you mentioned vodka cranberry and i can't i can't get behind vodka at all even if it's well hidden i don't do vodka anymore because it's, oh, it's gin. it just i like gin I'll, but I'll you're not so, but like that's the whole Which point is of vodka. Is like, vodka. Yeah. Um, yeah, even <laughs> yeah. even flavored vodka, the for whatever reason, vodka just turns my stomach sour. Whereas gin and and gin, a lot of gins are very herbaceous um, and aromatic, and the so so it depends, David. It depends on your taste, and I think you should try little bits of of everything. Um, to figure out what your what your actual palate is interested in. This episode um, brought to you by Pinnacle Whip Vodka. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Malibu rum. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you could also just like take it to eleven and just go get like AMFs and Long Island iced teas because those don't. I mean, they actually taste pretty mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be sneakers. Or yeah, you I would, know, I would definitely take a boxing like, class first, though. Like, just get like lit, you're gonna dude. get into a fight, so. <laughs> I mean, you can also go the route of, I mean, steering away from liquor. You know, you can do things like hard seltzers or ciders. Those are seltzers are super in. All the kids are drinking seltzers because they're good. Are they? I I I enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite that we can that they can sponsor Uh, our show? Really? I guess I don't have a favorite, but like, I mean, the ones I get the most are like the Bud Light seltzers, oddly enough. Oh, really? Because they're not like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anheuser-Busch, slide also, into the DMs. But also, <laughs> fuck you, Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, fuck you. So a right. uh, grasshopper walked into a bar. A bartender <laughs> says, hey, we have a drink named after you. The grasshopper says, you have a drink named Gary? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. God, that, I'm angry. Oh. First, I spill a glass of tea on my keyboard. And now this? Fuck. <laughs> yeah i would say uh 
have you guys ever seen um the kids in the hall sketch a girl drink drunk about Mm -mm. a guy who like he slowly becomes an alcoholic but only on like these like crazy like fruity tropical cocktails (laughs) like he's like in the closet at work (laughs) drinking like out of a pineapple with like all these crazy (laughs) that's pretty and like his friends like you're a girl drink drunk and (laughs) uh, it's really funny and worth looking up but i would say stick to those kinds of drinks if yeah if it if it has an umbrella get it and try it Mm -hmm. it's probably it's gonna be your jam just make sure you drink lots of water yeah or oh we haven't talked about uh we've talked about it before but we haven't talked about bloody mary's i love a bloody mary absolutely disgusting (laughs) and that and that has vodka in it so that's one vodka drink that i like but it's but it's also like a meal of tomatoes of which how do you feel about like the super like elaborate ones that have like the gaudy ones in on them i mean they're stupid like, like they, they make and... me laugh i would never like i just get a chuckle out of them but as you know orders and, it. yeah this is hilarious <laughs> can i have another one of these um <laughs> well they're uh, usually like 40 bucks each well right yeah I mean, you're still paying for the burger or whatever um <laughs> but then you got these these uh you know these she she um uh bartenders that are like never garnished with more than a, a celery like a breath of celery yeah when they when you start getting into like oh it, it has to be a lemon but it has to be with a twist it's like oh fuck yourself yeah like I, uh, just throw a wedge in there we're using the wedges anyway just fucking make, just, just throw it in there just make the drink i have heard you don't, something you don't that have to put a bartenders beef when people ask for blended drinks but uh, yeah, unless you have a a, a slushy machine that's already made that you can just pour out, I'm sure blended drinks. It's skyrocketed. They're in all the tap rooms. Even one of uh, my my business partner, the brewery that he owns, they have one, and they like they really? do some really they do some really fun stuff. Well, I'm they sure, actually yeah. they actually took one of their one of their heavily fruited beers and threw it in there just for funsies. Oh, but it's I was like, watching a show the other night that they went to a place where there was um they put the whiskey in a keg and uh infuse it with nitrogen and have it on tap so there's like nitro whiskey yeah i mean sounds really interesting yeah it's always worth a shot batch cocktails are also really popular now too because their pro their margins on them are like five X what it would be on a beer. So tap rooms are making batch cocktails and pouring them off draft. It's so like the other night I had a like tiki inspired batch cocktail with, with rum and pineapple and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like you walk over the tap and bloop, there it is. Saves well, best of luck of... in uh, your drinking endeavors, David, let us know how it goes and hopefully stay safe. Send us a <laughs> bunch of incoherent messages when you find an AMF. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and while you're and while you're taking a a trip down uh, uh, the trying lane, make sure you got a you got a buddy with you to do the the pedals and the steering. I don't know where you magic pixies came from, but I like your pixie drink. And with that, we're gonna go dirty our martini, and then we'll uh, come back for lightning round. All right, welcome back for the lightning round. Oh, 
All right, this is the point of the episode where we we spend some time doing a lightning round. We ask three questions to each of us, spend two minutes or less on each uh, each question. We're going to go ahead and start with Jake on this one. Jake, climb a mountain or jump from a plane? I'm going to climb a mountain because I like a good outdoor um, exerting experience and I don't want to shit my pants. So... So it's less likely for me to shit my pants climbing than it would be for me to jump out of a plane. Because I think that would be a lot of fun, but I'm scared. Fair. <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> uh, I, I would also go with climb a mountain. Um, I think, I mean, jumping out of a plane, obviously it'd be easier to find your body than on a mountain. But uh, <laughs> I would probably rather climb a mountain. Uh just because I, I think I would enjoy that more than jumping out of a plane. Yeah. I'm going to go. Right, you match you. I'm going to go jump out of a plane. It's been well established that I'm afraid of flying. So can't wait to get out. Is of it with a parachute? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry. Would you rather climb oh, a mountain? Oh, wait, or go, wait. Or Is there no parachute? I'm absolutely jumping out of the plane. <laughs> Fucking let's wrap this up. I'm done. Nah, it's just one of those like Red Bring Bull squirrel check. outfits. You just scream down the side of a mountain. Yo, okay. If we're going to talk about squirrel outfits under no circumstances, those guys and gals are crazy. And I know you're not supposed to use crazy like that, but it's it's wild. I'm curious how you learn how shit. to do that. Like, how do you learn? To be like, hmm, that's how it works. I feel like you really only get one shot at that. Um, well, I think, <clears throat> I think you can squirrel, you can, you can squirrel because they, they still have parachutes. You yeah. can squirrel. What is it called? Squirrel suit. I guess. That's what but I you can them. do that. I think you can do that. Not like right up against a mountain. You know what I mean? Like you can deploy that pretty high up and then drift. So you must be able to practice without it being like between the, the legs of a bridge. <laughs> nope. Were either you do, one of you, you with, you, with you jump when, out of the tent. Uh, walking across the St. John's Bridge one night and there were people just holding uh parachutes in their arms and jumping off the bridge and then throwing oh, their yeah. parachutes that in was, the air. That was with yeah. I don't, I so don't they were that. they were standing on the ledge and their parachutes were dangling below the bridge because there's not yeah. enough time to uh launch Deploy. your chute. So mm-hmm. what they would do is they would do a front flip over it, come mm-hmm. over their parachute, and then they would just like their base jumping with a parachute already already deployed. Did you guys know that base jumping is an acronym? I did. Uh, but I don't remember what the acronym is. Rude boy base. Jump up the base. It's like this scuba is, is an acronym. It is? Yeah. Self-contained anyway, underwater I'm going jump out of a I'm going jumping out of a apparatus. Plane. <laughs> we're 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 ve- we're veering i'm going jump out of a plane because i don't want to spend the time and energy climbing a mountain that i may or may not die on or fall down so i'd rather just jump out of a plane and get over within four seconds and know if i'm gonna die or not jake's just sitting there with his mouth open you can't see it but he's trying uh, yeah, to figure sorry. out <clears throat> buildings antennas uh spans like bridges and earth that's what it mm. jumping from one of those two things three things like jump uh, jumping from the earth, right? So like a cliff. Oh, okay. Oh, so gotcha. buildings, antennas, bridges. With the S stands for spans. I'm sorry. Please continue, Matthew. Brandon, this one's very important to you. 
Justin Timberlake. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna rewind. I'm rewinding on this one because I have my own personal uh, opinions, and I saw it come up as a suggestion. And it turns out I'm not the only one that has strong opinions about this. But Brandon, oh. Justin Timberlake or Bruno Mars? Um, I'm one of the people who does not have any strong opinions one way or the other. Um, Bruno Mars. Yes. Right answer. Okay. Jake. Um, I probably before last year, I probably would have said Justin Timberlake, Justin Timberlake, because I'm not familiar with Bruno Mars. However, I think they were, it was released last year. Bruno Mars teamed up with, um, uh, Anderson Pock and they have a band called, um, Silk Sonic. And I recommend everyone listening to that album. It is a work of art and it is such good dance music. We dance to it in our house, uh, often. And it is, I mean, it slaps. Um, the other, the other member to that, Bruno Mars. The other member to that band, the super band, super group, I guess, is uh, Bootsy Collins. Is also oh right, member. right, yeah, yeah. Ooh, he, he hey, does like the narration. It's a lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. It's. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's silky smooth. Like, it is sexy. It's. It's such a good album. And actually, Brandon, you would really like it because it's got a lot of sort of like it's like older 70s, sounding funk. Yeah. It's not. It's not um, super poppy. I don't think. Yeah, hmm. you you would enjoy it. And I'm going with Bruno Mars, too. Uh, I think he's overall uh, more talented, a better singer and a better showman than Justin Timberlake. And I, yeah, I think I think he's a better performer as well. But yeah, you the Silk Sonic. You um, uh, previously mentioned Nicole because I think she. Oh, she knows. I do this every year because they do the whole, oh, it's going to be May or whatever. It's going to be May. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just put up a picture of him every single year. It's the same routine every single year. And she's like, you put, a, you, you put a picture of Bruno Mars up. Yeah. Just because I like to incite arguments of who's better. Nice. Cause that's what social nice. media is for. Yep. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Would you, uh, another one that's, uh, I guess applicable to us at our, at our age. Would you rather lose all your hair or gain 50% more hair? Uh, Jake, do we get to choose where that 50% more goes? Nope. Nope. Uh, I'm already on my way out. So lose the rest of my hair. I'm fine. And actually I've got a pretty, I've I've got a pretty hairless body. So I'm very used to not having, um, hair on most of my body. So, so you just look like a hairless Um, cat or something. A bit like a hairless cat. Um, however, if I were to gain 50% more, I think that would be very dis, uh, discomforting. So I'm going to say lose the rest of it. Is it lose all hair, like your eyebrows and things Um, everywhere? Would you rather? Oh, I was thinking head hair. Oh, you're talking about everywhere. Or gain 50% more hair. Are are you kidding me? Like you'd get into a pool and you'd be like a dolphin. You'd swim so fast. (laughs) 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 Like a bullet, like a torpedo. Um. (laughs) <laughs> I would probably go with the uh, 50% more hair. What if I'm, it was I'm, all on I'm your pretty, forehead? Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty hairless, uh, uh, like Jake. So 
fifty percent more isn't really that much. Like fifty percent of fifty percent isn't a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's, that's right. a good point. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll go with that too. Uh, fifty fifty percent more. All right. Also, I can't grow a beard, and I would like to grow a beard. So, <laughs> great big bushy beard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for our lightning round question. Thank you for participation. Participation. You're welcome. And thank you all for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, share, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. Send your advice questions to qualifiednonsense at gmail.com or hit us up on our socials, qualified underscore nonsense on Instagram and TikTok or at QN Podcast on Twitter. Music provided by Ace. Special thanks to Lisa and David uh, for this week's questions. We'll see you back here next Wednesday for another brand new episode of Qualified Nonsense. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.